Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Walmart. Today's Friday, January 8th. The number of daily COVID deaths is up past 4,000. GOP support for Trump is down, and we're focused on America's lethargic labor market. The December jobs report came out this morning, and to call it underwhelming would be a compliment. Overall, the country lost 140,000 jobs versus economist expectations of a 50,000 job gain, making it the first monthly loss since April. In terms of the unemployment rate, it held steady at 6.7%, and for context, that's well below the April high of 14.7%, but well above the January figure, the pre-pandemic figure of 3.6%. Meanwhile, stocks continue to rise because, well, Wall Street no longer intersects with Main Street. The bottom line here is that the pandemic is inversely correlated to the jobs market. When one gets stronger, the other gets weaker. So we want to dig into the numbers, uh, what they really mean, and where we go from here with Axios business reporters Felix Salmon and Courtney Brown. But first, this. We're joined now by Axios' Courtney Brown and Felix Salmon. Courtney, let me start with you. Outside of the headline numbers, the big jobs down number, what inside this report kind of struck you the most or maybe surprised you the most? Just how much this report reflects the third wave of the coronavirus. The sector that was the most impacted or got hit hardest was the leisure and hospitality sector, which lost over 500,000 jobs. Three quarters of those were from places like restaurants and bars. So we're seeing kind of this regression back to what we saw at the onset of the pandemic, where if you are a business that's wholly reliant on humans gathering in large crowds, your job may be in danger. Felix, does that mean that the so-called V-shaped recovery, which the White House and Larry Kudlow talked about all summer long, does this report kill that narrative and bury it? That narrative was pretty dead for a while now. It's been leveling off. We have not been going up in a V. But this was the final nail in its coffin. The V shape lasted maybe a couple of months in May and June. It's been leveling off and now it's going back down. And so, yeah, I think we're still in the realm of flat, I would say. Like, I don't think we should overemphasize the negative nature of this too much because compared to the four million jobs that we lost in the spring. This is a rounding error. But we are certainly not recovering anymore. And it is conceivable that we might be entering beginnings of a double dip. And as a piece of this for either one of you, you know, one of the things that struck me about it, and we've seen this, but the number of people who've been unemployed for so long, I think that the number of folks who've been out of the workforce six months or more went up by a million between November and December. Are there any green shoots anywhere that makes any of us think outside of mass vaccinations that that changes soon? The one silver lining that, I mean, this is a dreadful, dreadful report, so it's difficult to find silver linings anywhere. But the one silver lining that one economist pointed out to me this morning was just how concentrated the job losses were in sectors that are more susceptible to kind of being impacted when there is kind of this mass rollout of vaccinations. And the fact that we don't see that pain spilling over into other sectors that have less exposure, if you had to think about kind of a silver lining and it's very small, that's what the silver lining is. I would jump in there and say we saw a huge amount of job losses in the, 
you know, doing things in-person industries, restaurants, theaters, that kind of stuff, back in the spring. Most of those jobs have not recovered, so you can't lose that job twice. You know, if you lost your job working on Broadway in the spring, you still don't have it back. You can't lose it again. But Felix, didn't they, to a certain extent, because, I mean, as Courtney said earlier, hospitality and leisure is the thing that got, you know, the biggest hit in this. So restaurants, especially in areas where outdoor dining has become the norm, it's really hard to do outdoor dining in December when there's snow on the ground, and that has been part of it. So people are much more exposed to the seasons. This number is officially seasonally adjusted, but seasonal adjustments don't take account of that kind of thing. And this is going to be a really hard winter. I would say the silver lining is that we do seem to be much better at operating within a pandemic now than we were in the spring. The level of job losses and the level of economic slowdown is much smaller now than it was in the spring, even though the pandemic is raging harder and more people are dying than were in the spring. You know, when you talk about the quote, doing things in person, businesses, the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, small business loans launch again, it reopens on Monday, both for firms and businesses that didn't take money last year, and for ones that did, they can get a second loan. Do you think that's going to have any tangible impact on payrolls, not adding people to them, but stemming losses next month and the month after? It's really an open question how many jobs the original PPP saved. I've seen estimates ranging from zero to 40 million, and no one really knows. So I would say that the number of jobs saved by this latest iteration of the PPP will be somewhere between zero and 40 million, if that's helpful. Really hard to say. Like Felix said, how many jobs the PPP will save. But I'm sure if you're a small business owner, you're very excited about PPP reopening again because it is one form of relief. And it's also a way, in theory, at the very least, if not to keep a job, to pay your rent and thus you can maybe stick around in three months when you're able to bring people back. You know, Courtney, one of the things, and not just in this jobs report, but we've seen this a bit, and the economist Justin Wolfers pointed this out on Twitter, is this idea that wages are going up, average wages are going up. But part of the reason for that is that low-wage folks have fallen out of the job pool altogether. So what's left in the average is higher wages. Is that a fair understanding of that statistic? No, that's totally right. I mean, that hasn't been a reliable indicator of where wages in this country actually are since the pandemic hit, because we had this massive group of people lose jobs. So the fact that wages are rising doesn't really mean much, except that it's not taking account for people who have lower wages who no longer have a job. Yeah, I mean, it does create this weird paradox that we'll know that the labor market is really recovering when wages start going down. Courtney, stocks are kind of mixed right now as we are taping this, but early this morning, they were up both before and after the jobs report got released. Stocks went up on Tuesday ahead of the Georgia primaries. They went up Wednesday after the Georgia primaries and ahead of the insurrection at the Capitol. And then they kept going up after the Capitol. They go up today when we get a really bad jobs number. Is there any relationship anymore between Wall Street and Main Street? No, I don't think there has been for a while. I think people who are stock market investors are totally looking past these day-to-day -day developments and really pinning their hopes on a wide vaccination rollout or um, more aid from the incoming Biden administration. I mean, I was surprised, you know, the ADP report, which kind of measures private jobs in the U.S., I was surprised there was no 
big reaction when that report came out negative earlier this week. I mean, that report has its problems, but it really is an indication. I, I think it's closely watched on Wall Street as what's going to happen with the government payrolls report. And again, there was kind of a shrug and investors moved on with their day. Yeah, this divorce between Main Street and Wall Street still exists. Courtney Brown, Felix Salmon, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back. What we're watching today is a major change to America's vaccination rollout, as the incoming Biden administration said it plans to release all available doses rather than holding half of them back. Why it matters is this new model would accelerate the number of Americans receiving initial doses of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines, including in high-risk groups that have been left waiting. That should mean fewer cases and fewer deaths. But it's not without risk. Namely, the supply chain delays could slow future manufacturing or distribution, and that some who receive their first shots could be left without the available second shots, which would severely reduce the vaccine's efficacy. Today, we're also watching President Trump, who announced he will not attend the January 20th inauguration, becoming the first incumbent president to choose petty over country since Andrew Johnson in 1869. And finally, a quick update from Monday's show in which the CEO of Dominion Voting Systems told us that his company planned to sue attorney Sidney Powell for defamation. Well, it happened this morning with Dominion seeking a whopping $1.3 billion with a B, alleging in its complaint that Powell acted, quote, in concert with allies and media outlets determined to promote a false preconceived narrative about the 2020 election. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great national bubble bath day. And we'll be back Monday with another Axios Recap.